welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Law, the Law Careers podcast for students at King's College London. I'm Caroline Lintner, one of the careers consultants for the Dixon Poonder School of Law here at King's. And today I'm delighted to be joined by my colleague, Lardan Mazade Hong, for one of our special episodes. As a reminder, our special episodes focus on a specific topic which we believe will be of interest to the Let's Talk Law listeners. And today we're talking about widening participation. But before we speak with Lada, let me tell you a little bit more about her. She has over 14 years of experience working in the higher education sector, mainly in widening participation. Lardan is currently working as the Widening Participation Careers Consultant at King's, where the main focus of her role is to develop and lead on Careers Plus, which is an exclusive programme of additional careers related activities and, and support for UK domiciled undergraduate students from low socioeconomic and marginalised backgrounds. Features of the programme include longer careers guidance appointments, ring-fenced internship opportunities and mentoring schemes, as well as bespoke career topics and employer workshops. Lardan, welcome. Thank you very much for joining me on Let's Talk Law. Thank you, Caroline, for having me today. So my first question for you, and I've mentioned it a little bit in the introduction, but tell us more about the Careers Plus programme. Who is it for and how has it evolved? So Careers Plus is a uh, package of additional support and it's for students um, who are undergraduate students, UK domiciled and come from uh, underrepresented backgrounds um, in HE. So they're underrepresented in the higher education sector. Um, and so in Kings, we use about 14 different markers um, to indicate those. And it started in uh, 2019. Um, when I started here at King's as the Wining Participation Careers Consultant. And essentially, we looked at kind of, so we do amazing core services here at King's, um, and then the Careers Plus was kind of an addition to that. And it's um, and it's not a programme that they start and finish. It, it's kind of a programme that, it's like an, I describe it as a, a door that you open and it's just got extra things that you can pick and choose to engage in. So essentially it has longer one-to-one -one appointments, um, always run by myself. Um, so hopefully when people enrol onto Careers Plus, there's that sort of familiar face. So I'm the one that delivered the, long, the longer appointments, they're bookable in advance. Um, and I also deliver sort of um, bespoke workshops as well so again kind of topics that sort of sit outside of our core services um, and in addition to that as you mentioned um, so those are kind of the things that I, I do uh, on a daily basis um, and then in addition to that I work in collaboration with teams within Kings um, as well as external employers to deliver sort of ring fence programs so in the past we've done mentoring and uh, we've done the law um, kind of mentoring that we've done with Michigan Dorea which has been brilliant um, and also working with employers to do ring fence internship positions virtual assessment centers and so on um, so yeah that's the kind of a, a brief overview of careers plus Thank you. And I love that analogy of it's like a, you open the door and there's more behind it if that's what you want to do. Um, so let's talk about the reality of for underrepresented students, of those who enter higher education and the graduate job market. What is it like for people from those backgrounds? So yeah, I think, yeah, the, the reality is, um, it is quite sad, to be honest. And so uh, when I first started, we sort of looked at you know, why does my role exist and why do we need to do this? Um, and sort of looking at it, you know, social mobility in the UK 
is stagnant, you know, compared to other countries uh, as well. And students from underrepresented backgrounds will face additional barriers um, when they sort of go into the world of work. So they, you know, they can face discrimination in recruitment practices. Um, and some of it is, you know, things that employers might not just be aware of. So there, there is kind of that um, structural inequalities that are put in place that have been happening for years and years and years. Um, and so, you know, there are lots of kind of statistics. So like one in five working class students um, are not able to afford internships or to engage in kind of work experiences, particularly if they're unpaid. So in certain sectors, particularly that's going to affect students from underrepresented backgrounds. Um, you know, one in three students don't take part in extracurricular activities uh, and societies because they can't really afford to, because they have to work part time to be able to actually fund their higher education. So that, so again, that kind of will impact um, your graduate outcomes. Um, and you know, I can probably mention lots of more statistics along those lines. So that's the sort of realities of students entering the workplace and some are obvious and some are not. And so those are the sort of things that have to navigate when they start work. I think you made it very clear earlier on about why Careers Plus exists at King's and we know that other universities have similar programmes. Uh, maybe looking at it from the student's perspective, why is Careers Plus necessary, do you think? Yeah, so I, I think I'd like to preface it with the fact that, you know, this is, and that's the reason why it's an opt-in programme. It, you know, like I said, it's the door that you can open and you can access if you want to. So not saying that all students from underrepresented backgrounds or face these types of kind of barriers. Um, but Careers Plus is necessary because, um, you know, there are those financial implications, like I mentioned earlier, about sort of not being able to access and engage in all those other activities that actually employers really value. Um, there are things like the kind of... Uh, lack of social capital that you might have if you're from an underrepresented background. So you might not have kind of the know-how or the networks um, to know how things work and be able to navigate that as easy as, you know, a peer, your peer that might not have the same barriers that you have. Um, and there's certainly an issue of sort of confidence, I would say, um, certainly anecdotally from, uh, you know, meeting students on the Careers Plus uh, programme is that, it's incredible because the students are so brilliant, amazing, capable, um, fantastic. And it's just literally they there's an element of not actually be, knowing that and being sure of that. And so it's like I think Careers Plus is really necessary to be able to give that kind of plug those gaps. So have support students in literally just giving them confidence to say you are good enough, you can do this and reframing and kind of normalising things. So I think that's really um, important and a lot of the work that I do is talking about like the value of why um, we think students should because as careers professionals it sometimes it's really obvious to us why we ask people to do things and even simple things like you know this is the advice I give you on your CV this is why you should be doing this um, but we don't well we tell them what to do but we maybe don't always tell them why we're asking them to do that and I think that's really important as well and maybe if you're you've got that sort of social capital, or you've got that network around you that you might have naturally picked that up. Um, so I think, again, Careers Plus would go towards kind of addressing that. Um, and yeah, supporting, empowering students um, to help them kind of be an advocate really for their on their behalf. So for them to know they're not alone and that we know that these issues exist. 
um, and that if you wanted to have that support to address those, we're here to help you with that. Yeah, uh, well, I totally agree with you that often it's very apparent to us as career professionals um, how much a student has to offer, but it is about empowering them and get, building their confidence. And I think the last couple of years in particular, with what's been going on in the world, and we'll come on to that a bit later on, has has affected people's confidence levels for a whole variety of reasons. So, you know, you've been running this programme for uh, since 2019, as you said. So what do you do to ensure that the programme remains relevant for the challenges that students do face? You mentioned virtual uh, assessment centres, which I know is something we're doing quite a lot as a uh, careers team. But what else have you been doing? What, what else do you do to make sure that it, it's relevant? And I guess to make sure the students recognise what they're getting from it as well. Yeah, so... I've definitely learned a lot since 2019 and of course there's been the impact of sort of COVID and having to make things digital but certainly just this area um, there are so many things it's, it's never you have to stay on top of it um, it's so it's such a, like a you know fluid agile situation in that um, you know, the language that we use the, the kind of topics that come up um, the different areas are of the underrepresented backgrounds because it's not a one group and so you know like I mentioned I had 14 markers and all of those are going to have different barriers or even people within the same sort of marker I put um you know they're not the same every every person every student is an individual so you always have to sort of stay on top of it so I try to do that as best I can really kind of um going to lots of training sessions conferences staying on top of my own sort of continue, like, you know, professional development, going to training sessions as well, really listening to students and understanding and taking on board sort of their lived experiences, um, but also working with employers and knowing the kind of labour market, like what is going on, what's, what sh you know, what are the shifts and changes and things like that. So that is the kind of the way that I try my very best to stay on top of the ever-changing uh, sort of situation and I'm no and I know never to sort of be complacent that I always have to be kind of on the lookout what's going on what's uh, what's changing and hopefully in the future really trying to really have student co-creation so engaging with students to actually go forward and create activities and programs where they've had some input um, so it really as best as possible is something suitable for them. And I'm going to say something quite bold here. Maybe you and I will regret me saying this, but I encourage any law student who's listening to this, if they have ideas that they want to see being included in what we deliver as careers consultants and what you deliver, Careers Plus, maybe they should drop us a line and see what that co-creation looks like, because we're only going to meet their needs if we ask for that feedback, right? Absolutely. I 100% support that. Um, I'm always, always looking for recommendations advice you know you know absolutely please do yeah and before we move on to talk a little bit about what we've been doing within law itself with careers plus um i should also just sort of get a point of clarification you talk about 14 different markers so am i correct in saying that that might be someone's first generation to university within their family maybe has a disability or a long-term um health condition is that the sort of thing that helps us to identify people who might want additional support. Yeah, absolutely. So you've got Black, Asian, diverse heritage backgrounds. We've got Roma, Gypsy Traveller, heritage students. Um, 
students, yes, with disabilities. Um, but yeah, it, it particularly some that pertain to King's, so King's Living Bursary students. Um, so yeah, there's a lot, but yeah, that's kind of first generation uh, forced migrants, vulnerable, so care experienced students. Um, so that there are about sort of, I think 10 or so categories that are kind of general categories. And then there are some that are specific to Kings in terms of what you receive in kind of support and bursaries. But yeah, that's kind of roughly what would cover it. But you can find all that information on our Keats pages. So if you are a current Kings student, um, and you want to know if you're eligible, then all of that is detailed on our Keats pages. Wonderful. Thank you very much. Um, so let's talk about law, which is this is a law podcast. Uh, I was delighted not long after I joined King's uh, last year that uh, an opportunity had come along with law firm Mishkondorea to do a mentoring scheme. So you tell us how it came about and what it has been and, and how year one has gone. Yeah, so we have, um, we were very lucky that the fantastic Helen, who was a careers consultant here at King's, um, she worked with a really wonderful student um, called Simona, who then worked at Mishkondorea. And she had had such a great relationship with Helen that she sort of said, I want to give back. And Helen connected us and said, you know, um, yeah, you know, we do Careers Plus. Would you like to kind of work with Careers Plus to sort of, um yeah do something in collaboration and Simona really wanted to work with Kings to support our work and Careers Plus work so um it was fantastic so we came together um and came up with you know to do this mentoring program for students who wanted to apply for sort of vacation schemes um and it was very targeted but we knew the importance of having somebody there to sort of lean on and seek support through what I can only imagine is a tough process uh, to go through, particularly if you are, again, from a background where you might not have those sort of connections or you don't know anybody who's ever applied before and so on. So, yeah, it was a so we did that. Um, we worked with eight students who were paired with eight associates at Mishkondorea. And yeah, it went really, really well. I had really positive feedback from both the mentees and the mentors. Um, and, you know, we've been told that they are looking to stay in touch with each other in the future. Uh, which was really fantastic. So yeah, hopefully we will continue doing something you know similar in the future. Um, so uh, my my next question for you is, and I, I can't have you on the podcast without us touching upon this because the world changed in 2024, in my mind, two significant reasons. We have had the COVID nineteen pandemic, which still obviously affects us today, but there were some you know significant events in the US in May 2020. Um, and since then, there has been a noticeable increase in programmes being run by some of the world's biggest businesses, including the legal sector, all aimed at levelling the playing field for underrepresented groups. What are your views on, on this, Lardan? So, overall, I think it is really fantastic. So I am really pleased to see that organisations are sort of moving in that direction and recognising the importance of being inclusive of all you know, just not just race, um, obviously, but, you know, inclusive of all people and, and kind of accepting people regardless of their background or characteristics. Um, but I absolutely do get the frustration um, that why did it take till 2020 um, to, and for, for a man to have lost his life, and not just one man, you know, pre before that, and even 
up to now, there's still people who are losing their lives. Um, and that's really frustrating. And I completely get that, you know, why does it take organisations for that to have happened? Because we've had these conversations pre, you know, 2020, when uh, George Floyd lost his life. So, you know, I, I do understand that. And I do also think that we need to be really vigilant in terms of how much organisations are actually doing. Um, you know, what are they actually doing to achieve these, uh, you know, and plug in whatever gap that they have in their sectors, because of course, sectors have got their different um, kind of gaps in their, I don't like to say diversity, but uh, that's probably the word that uh, most people would recognise, um, versus kind of what is lip service. Um, and I think that's one thing that I would be really cautious. And certainly when I work with employers, it's really important for me to know that, you know, they are really actually being authentic and are doing things not just because it looks good uh, or doing it half-hearted without real kind of expertise or, you know, so yeah, I definitely think that's also something to just to keep an eye on. But I do think, you know, it's really important that um, th that this is happening and I encourage it and I'm happy that it is happening. And I think the last thing I'd say as well is kind of just also keeping an eye on the fact that, you know, are they also ensuring that their working culture, so not just getting people through the door, but one student, you know, not just students, but, you know, who they employ, once they're through the door, is the working culture conducive to retaining staff from those backgrounds? Um, and that people don't just sort of leave because actually it's not a good fit and it essentially probably was all lip service and it wasn't a good fit. So I think those are things to, to look out for, definitely. Yeah, I, I think um, it, that was a theme that came out with a previous podcast um, episode we did with Graham Brown. And he talks about the importance of being a savvy buyer, a savvy buyer of employers. If you are a student, you're looking at the market and there's never been more information out there and accountability for organisations. So I think that that sort of builds upon what you've just said. It's not just about the recruitment, it's the retention and helping people to flourish in environments as well, which I have no doubts from the students that I work with, and I'm sure you would agree with this. Students are very um, attuned to this, and I, I welcome that, and I, I encourage them to be. I 100% agree with you, and I think that's one of the things, you know, we always talk as, career, again, career professionals that interviewing is a two-way street, and we encourage students to really kind of question employers and things like that. So, um, again, I know that that takes a bit of feeling empowered to do that, but I would say as a careers consultant that it's okay to do that. Um, because, yeah, you need to know if that company is really a right fit for you. Uh, and like you said, it, things are becoming much more transparent. But that's the kind of workshops that I do. So we're doing a, a Careers Plus Researching Inclusive Employers workshop. So we look at exactly that. How can you actually, you know, work out if a company is inclusive? So if you wanted to come, then you can book, you know, to, to do workshops like that. But, yeah, I agree with you definitely on that. And we've come to our final question, which um, amazes me how quickly these interviews go. Um, but, you know, Lardan, we've got you as a special guest on the podcast, which is just simply fantastic. And I know lots of law students are engaging with Careers Plus. But what key messages would you like our listeners to take from this incredibly important topic that we've been discussing? So, yeah, you know, I would say this, I think this applies to all students, really. So I think, you know, um, the kind of engage in your extracurricular activities if you can. I appreciate that, again, we can't all do that. Um, but there's real value in taking part in those activities. Uh, employees really value them. Um, and for a good reason, because they 
kind of broaden your experiences you get to do things that you might not do in your degree um and so there's real value and i think um that would definitely be one of my tips um the other tip would be try to make connections and i know that this is really daunting so um we always hear about the word net networking and that sort of freaks people out freaks me out um so i think it's just um trying to think about how you can do that maybe organically as well uh, with your just start with your peer group start with your maybe your lecturers uh, and see how you go but i think definitely having those connections is really valuable um kind of engaging in mentoring we do that here at kings um to just kind of get that support and get sort of hooked into the area that you're interested in going into uh, and my last tip would be um very cliche but definitely you know believe in yourself like i said earlier there's that sort of lack of confidence sometimes then that i notice and um you know king students are just um, incredible uh, students and make you know capable um and just overall really fantastic um and i think it's just being aware that you are fantastic and you are going to be able to achieve what it is that you want and that's what we're here for you know to just kind of help you realize that really so yeah if i if i could give you the very last tip is really do believe in yourself and that you can achieve what it is that you want to well, I couldn't have said it better myself and um, what a great way to fin finish this episode. Um, before I let you go, though, Larden, I want to remind our listeners that we'll be back soon with a new episode of Let's Talk Law, where we will gain some insights into life beyond Kings from one of our alum. But in the meantime, and on behalf of our listeners, thank you so much for joining me. It's always wonderful chatting with you, whether we're in the office or over Teams. You're a great colleague to have. And I think the work you're doing on Careers Plus is simply fantastic. So thank you very much for taking up your time to, um, to talk to us today. Thank you so much, Caroline, for having me. And likewise, thoroughly enjoy working with you and look forward to the future of Law and Careers Plus. Absolutely. Thank you.